Hi, I'm David Farrier. We've tackled some pretty controversial topics here on Armchair and Dangerous, from political assassinations to Bigfoot, mole children to lizard people, but nothing could prepare us for the controversial topic we're about to embrace. Because we're tackling the cult of wellness, the conspiracy of cures, and the bonkers world of medical misinformation. It's controversial because people have opinions. Mainly people have opinions about their own bodies. Those weird flesh suits we're all trapped in for the majority of our lives. Our whole lives, in fact, until the moment we drift off into eternal blackness. Or a wonderful afterlife, depending on who you're talking to. But the fact is, most of our lives are spent trying to delay that moment, that moment of death, for as long as possible. And so to keep our hearts beating and our skin shining, we embrace all sorts of advice, remedies and cures, from the medical, to the spiritual, to the conspiratorial. And strangely, as we've gotten more medically advanced by using science and reason, utter and complete bullshit has also been on the rise. So take a deep breath into those wet lungs that are sitting inside your slushy body that's being held together by some old bones. This is the Medical Misinformation episode. love listening to you narrate you're just a great delivery right yeah is it the expert it's the whole package you You, have a skill you can't parse out what's great about it it would be a disservice try i'm not trudging any new ground here but you're such a good writer i mean you're such a good writer. yes incredible thank you it's one thing new zealanders don't deal with is the compliment yeah, that's why I didn't shrink. look at you. Do you notice I, sh- I paid yeah, you the I, respect of not looking at you because I knew it would kill you? It's the correct thing. You look at the ground, yeah. I look at the wall, yeah. and we get through it together. <laughs> but I do appreciate it. I am slightly worried about this episode because wellness and health is such a personal thing. Yeah. And I feel like... We're going to make enemies. We're going to make some enemies in this. And I would like to note for myself, I'm not a medical professional. I yes. want to be quite clear and about either that. either is Dax. He's going to say he is, but I, he's not. I am a medical professional, nope. as many people know. Nope. Yeah. I'm just dying yeah. to perform surgery. No, you know, I would put this topic in the bucket of parenting. Quickly into having children and being around other people with children, I learned that there is nothing more dangerous than insinuating there might be a better way to parent or even offering Oof. any unsolicited advice. And I, I realized, like, it hits our core fear. Like we want to do such a good job parenting. If ever there was a occupation you take on where you really are hoping to be great at it. So anytime someone says anything you could misconstrue as like judgment, it's like you'll kill for, over it. Yeah. I've been around parents when that's happened and you just see the, oh, the tension in the air. It's like a battle's about to take place. Yes. No one's like, thank you so much for that advice on raising my own child. I really appreciate it. Thank gosh you're here. Yeah, it's true. Well, that makes me think really quick. Our friend Eric was walking down the street on the west side where all the rich people live. And uh, he was walking behind his family and children and he was vaping. And two strangers uh, at a light yell screamed at him out the window. You shouldn't do that in front of your children. Oh, God. And he's like, it's not a cigarette. 
it's just as bad. And they were like, they were berating yeah. him. I've been in that situation a few times where I'll just go like, do you find that your unsolicited advice usually is met with welcoming ears? Like, does anyone enjoy your unsolicited <laughs> advice? Because maybe you're different than me, but no one enjoys my unsolicited advice. No, and I also just think giving advice to a stranger is such an odd thing to do. Like, it's deeply, deeply strange. It's so arrogant. It's like using someone else's rubbish bin. You know, it's oh, that thing. Yeah. It's just kind of, you just don't do it. Oh, yeah. I, I've done it. Uh-oh. Used other people's rubbish bins? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> if mine is I, full. Oh, wow. <laughs> just full of, oh, wow. always full, full of, of rubbish. rubbish. <laughs> Day one, full. You're right, though. Sometimes I like, they've emptied the cans, like trash truck has come, and then I go to bring them in, and I've noticed someone put like a bag of their trash in it, and it does, yeah. I feel a little violated. Oh, Truly oh. awful. Yeah. Yuck. I've spoken to a doctor for this episode. He's oh. Australian, so this is probably a good lesson in the difference between the New Zealand accent, which is my accent, and the Australian accent. Great. Dr. Brad McKay, he's a GP. Do you use that term here? A yeah, general, general practitioner. practitioner. Yeah, sure, so sure. he's a GP in Australia, and he's got a book he wrote called Fake Medicine because he had an upbringing where he was kind of like surrounded by a lot of medical misinformation and woo. Mm. I like to call it woo. It's just those ideas that are just a little bit non-scientific. Yeah. And we became a GP and he's got this whole thing of just getting so wound up with people coming through his door with just a whole lot of rubbish. So I thought he'd be like a good person to have kind of to like talk to. Yeah. Maybe to kick things off, I talked to him about what motivated him to sort of get into the space of like fighting this misinformation because he had a childhood that kind of inflame this early on. Mm. So this is Dr. Brad McKay. We love a traumatic childhood. Yeah, he he had one. This is Brad. When I was a kid, I had a few medical problems that I've talked about in fake medicine. One of them was having a pain in my back. So I had went and saw a GP. They diagnosed me with normal low back pain then sent me off to see a physiotherapist who then did heat therapy. So putting a big furnace on my back, they would leave the room and then they'd come back into the room and I'd be in agony. And then they didn't get me better. So they sent me off for a CT scan of my lumbar spine and didn't find anything. So they sent me off to an osteopath. So they had an adjuster activating instrument, basically a big stick and they whack your back with it. So it's meant to adjust joints but they just basically asked where the worst pain was in my back, which was in the middle of my sacrum, where there's no joints there. And then they would get their big stick and then whack it. And I went back for about like every week for about six months, but until I finally saw a locum osteopath who came into the room and he did a quick assessment and said, hey, maybe we shouldn't be whacking you with a stick today. Maybe you should see your GP and maybe get a bone scan and see if something's there got a bone scan, putting radioactive dye into my veins, and then they found that it lit up like a Christmas tree. So I had a big bone tumour growing in the base of my sacrum. And so the osteopath that I had been seeing had just been hitting a big painful tumour with a big stick for six months and not getting anywhere. So that oh. was Brad's I have so experience. many thoughts immediately. Share. <laughs> yeah. First of all, the Australian accent sounds identical to the New Zealand accent. <laughs> that is a deeply <laughs> sinful thing to say. I'm so sorry, but this is we just war. lost every Kiwi listener. <laughs> I already love this so much because this is your life. Yes. Like I have so much respect for medical professionals. Mm. I really do. But they're taking qualified, you know, guesses. Mm. They're guessing a lot. And you wish that like they could just hear the five symptoms and tell you 100% exactly it's this. 
That's all. Yeah. You're, it's done They're now. using that knowledge they've got and doing their best with it. They're doing their best. Mm-hmm. The, they're starting with the most, the highly probable explanation. Yeah. And then they're working their way into the more and more granular possibilities, right? Yeah, and you want it to be more black and white, and it's not. No, I mean, I, I have a thing, and I sort of alluded it to it in the intro. I'm terrified of my body. I hate thinking about what's going on in there. Mm-hmm. I hate that I can't check how the heart's doing, yeah. what the brain's up to, what that clot's doing. It's horrible to me, the whole thing. Yeah. So the idea of a GP, you sort of walk into your GP's office and the idea that they're going to have all the right answers, it is terrifying. Yeah. Well, I would compare it to if your spouse dies unexpectedly. Oh. You have You're going to compare it to Yeah, that? listen to this. Oh. I'm going to I'm going to really bullseye this. Oh, God. <laughs> you are forced to slog through the detective's high percentage chance that it's you as the spouse. It's in the 90s, right? So it's like your spouse dies, mm. you're, you're grieving that, and the mm. detectives have to assume first that you're probably the number one suspect because okay. 90% mm-hmm. of the time that's the case. Yeah, we've all seen I, the same I have this oh, fantasy yeah. all the time where Kristen meets an untimely demise, <laughs> and I'll have to be talking to the detectives with some restraint going like, I fucking know it's the high percentage thing, but it's not yeah, me. Get it's... on to the other business mm. of looking elsewhere because this is a waste of time. But like, if I you're guess... too keen doing that, it makes you it makes look you look guilty. guilty. It's, I always it's fantasize about this. It's a catch two too. And so similarly, you go to the doctor and they're like, "Well, you probably just pulled something." You're like, "Fucking get! I know. Get past that. Send me to get a CT scan. Send me to get like. Let's get into the nitty gritty." But know- you are still better going to see a doctor than jumping on the internet. For instance, yes, I agree. Or talking to a friend, probably a well, thousand percent. But I will no. say the reason, <laughs> no, the reason this space happened. is so fertile mm. for outsiders to take advice from them is because we've all had the experience where it takes a while to diagnose the thing. Or we your, all have, or your yeah. friend diagnosed it. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Yeah. So the whole topic of diet is tricky because humans are impossible to study. We do too many things. We drink nine different fluids a day. We eat 37 different ingredients in our breakfast. Mm -hmm. And then we have occupations with things in the air. Like, how the fuck is some person in 30 minutes going to figure out what of those 10 trillion variables is the one causing your ailment? And the funny thing is, I have a GP in New Zealand. And I feel like they're always like, they're not fully sort of clocking. They're kind of looking at the notes of what's there. I went to another GP one time, though, because I thought they might be better. And they literally just jumped on the internet in front of me and started Googling symptoms. Uh That was wild. He was an old man. That was... What what was wild that an old man was so uh, adept at the the internet? internet. (laughs) He's really good with those search terms. But no, I think I I have a slight passion for this because I, years ago, took this really long flight from New Zealand to Poland. It was like 36 hours. An economy folded up oh into gosh. a seat. And I'll remind the listener that David is a big Quite motherfucker. Tall. Yeah, tall, Very drink tall. Of water, yeah. I was folded up. I got to Poland. I went on a big run. <gasps> and then I remember being in the shower and I bent over and my back just went boop. Oh, and something went very wrong. It was a herniated disc, which I didn't know at the time. Pain, pain, pain. Got back to New Zealand. Went to a chiropractor mm-hmm. and got manipulated, and that was very bad. Ooh. Okay. And so I want to open this up to chiropractors. Yeah. I'm curious what your take is, because chiropractic was formed in the late 1800s. There was a guy who was mostly doing seances and okay. communicating with the dead. Sure. He met a deaf janitor, 
And he reckoned that when he manipulated his spine, his hearing came back. Okay. And that is where the art of chiropractic came born. from. But this is one I'm scared about because I know some people swear. I know. I've they had, do. yeah, here's my complicated opinion on it. Mm-hmm. I've had great results at times with great chiropractors. And I think the field is rife with people just popping people's bones. Their science is based on meridians, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my <laughs> one of my best friends is a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I'm... She's I'm kinda... team physical therapist. Like there is some. Oh, I love physios. I'm all yes, for physios. Exactly. So they have a hard relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. Chiropractors and physical therapists. They're sworn enemies. Oh wow. Because physical therapists do feel like that's not science. And sure, mm-hmm. it might work every now and then, mm-hmm. but it's not based on like musculature and real stuff. And theirs is. Yeah. So. I hate chiropractors. Oh my I'm god! Just, I'm just kidding. kidding. I'm kidding. No, and there's I'm also there's also kidding. there's also extremes of it because there's cases yes. where people have been performing chiropractic on infants. There's a case in Australia of someone performing chiropractic on a two week year old child, manipulating the spine. Pretty dicey. That stuff's not good. Oh there was, wow. Oh hello. Oh, I was just gonna say I watched with my own eyes a video of a baby that was crawling and only one side of its body would crawl. The other side, it would drag itself along. Right. And this chiropractor. But he's not a, he is. He is, he has a certificate in chiropractic. But he calls himself an osteopath. Well, he's also an osteopath. And that's a different complicated world because osteo and chiropractic are two different sort of philosophies. It gets so complicated. Well, he's also a neuropath. Right. Okay. So he. (laughs) I mean, look, I don't know what to say other than he adjusted the baby. He didn't Mm. like crack its bones or anything, but he just gently moved. He said a baby's bones are not like full an adult's. No, they're just so rubbery. Like you can kind of just move them around without like any popping. I get worried about (laughs) this. And then I watched a video of the the baby crawling Mm. fucking perfectly. I don't know. Like it's not produced. He doesn't have a show. Mm. This is his iPhone camera. Mm. He shows me a video of the baby before. And Mm. then after, and the baby's crawling with all four limbs. What am I to do with that info? Well, and even more the boners. Aaron. Aaron had not had an erection that was not aided by some kind of medicine, mm-hmm. a vasodilator or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck they are. In the middle of his treatment, when mm-hmm. he was there for his neck, he said, the guy said, well, what else is going on? I mean, how deep you want to go? I haven't had a boner in five years without And he goes, mm-hmm. okay, let me dig around your pelvis. Aaron said, nothing hurt on this side. He touched one thing on the left side. So fucking painful. He broke all that up, whatever that was. Next mm-hmm. morning, I saw him. He he ran upstairs from the basement. <laughs> and he's like, Dad, I woke up. I had fucking morning wood this morning. He was yeah. There was a blockage. There was some sort of blockage yeah, going on. so again, That's I incredible. What, what do you want yeah. me to say about that? Like, maybe he psychosomatically gave his dick the power to become erect again? I don't know. <laughs> but what, what is undeniable is his dick was hard. What do we do about that? And that it, is a cold David, hard fact right it, it there. Is. Yeah, no, that's as hard of a fact as you this get. Is, this is something. This is Everyone has a story mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. something that's worked. And yeah. the difficulty is when you've got a story like that, it's not going to work for everyone. No. And chances are with some people, it's going to be 
used dangerously and have bad results. Exactly. So that's the constant, really tricky balance with this. I would compare it to a car mechanic. Like there are car mechanics that you could bring your 1964 Ferrari into. They could hear it, know exactly what valve on the carburetor needs mm -hmm. to be turned. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of mechanics are going to fucking take a ton of parts off that mm -hmm. didn't need to come out. Mm -hmm. They're going to wreck some shit, and they're going to put a whole new carb on eventually. You know, there's good and bad mechanics. And you can also pick horror stories. I mean, there's this tweet that is just always stuck in my mind with this, where it was a Playboy model, and she tweeted she wanted some help with her back. Uh -oh. Someone replied to her, you look amazing, my lady. How's your neck feeling? Katie May said, thanks, love. It still hurts. Going back to the chiropractor tomorrow. Fast forward a week, coroner's report. No. A chiropractor shifted May's neck, tearing her left vertebral artery. The tear blocked blood flow to May's brain and caused the stroke. Oh, my. So, look, for every, yeah, it's a very intense example of things going wrong with chiropractic. Yeah, I don't. Mm -mm. Yeah, but at the same time, you got to throw out there that, you know, someone dies at an amusement park every year. No, no, this is very true. But this they is are true. Popping, I don't know. Even when I had it done, it's scary. It's like really scary when they're just like oh, yeah. cracking your neck. Did it help you? No. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw to Brad again. Okay. Because he gets very annoyed at people self diagnosing. So yeah. this is his take. So one of the big things was when I left the hospital, I was very used to learning about medicine and real things. And then I went into the GP world. Um, so being a family doctor, the internet sort of started up and then the amount of information that you could get your hands on just really exponentially increased. We can sit in our lounge rooms and get on our phones and look up our symptoms. And we sort of jump to our own conclusions and decide if we're having a heart attack or lupus or cancer. I quite often see patients who have diagnosed themselves and they're, they're quite adamant about their diagnosis. They're quite forthright that they've found the right diagnosis. But when you ask them a few questions, you're like, no, like where, who gave you this diagnosis? Where did you get this? They were diagnosing themselves or having their, their naturopath diagnose them with adrenal fatigue. That's not even a condition. Uh, and. There was all sorts of like weird and wacky chemicals. So people were having like hormone troches that they were putting in their mouths and bioactive thyroid hormones, which weren't regulated. You weren't knowing the dose that you were having. And it was a natural product because it was derived from pig or cow thyroids being ground down and put into capsules. And I'm like, what the hell is that? They really need to be checking in with somebody who's medically trained. So that's the sort of stuff that winds him up. I'm so sorry, I have to interject. I just had a flashback of reading the great book, Blitzed. It's all about the drugs in the Third Reich. Nearly all the soldiers mm. were given amphetamines. Right, yeah. Hence Charged their, up. their long <laughs> march into Poland in the middle Gosh. of the night without fatigue. But anyways, Hitler had this staff doctor who was injecting him with fucking pig adrenaline. and Ew. Pig adrenaline. Yeah, and Jesus. Horse testosterone. Yeah. Yeah, like constantly infusing other animals' oh. chemistry into him. That's a really intense thing to do. Yeah. I put out a call on Twitter to people just to get their wildest woo stories about yeah. wellness. There were a few good ones that came through. My grandma bought some diet pills back in the UK. She left them on the side and forgot about them for a few days before taking them. And they hatched. They were <gasps> tapeworms. No! 
You're so, fucking lying. No, that Your was, own grandmother. No, 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 no this is someone tweets. that tweeted in. Oh, yeah, these are people's stories. It wasn't my poor grand. That's... Although Monica is from Britain, and it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past her trying something like that. So yeah, have some her little tape Monica? Worms. My grandma, <gasps> rest in peace, wow. was called Monica. Oh, yeah, she's wow, cool. This feels serendipitous Sorry all of a sudden. That she's Sorry, passed. and you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's so cool. I um, went to visit my grand one time, and I arrived, and Granddad was standing at the side of the house with a rope. And he had sent my grandma, Monica, under the house oh. to find a wild possum. And oh he was afraid that she might pass away or get trapped. So he had the <laughs> rope to, like, drag her little plump body out. Like she was spelunking. <laughs> yeah, it was really wild. Oh, my God, that's great. Also, what was she going to oh, do Monica. when she came face to face with a possum? Awesome, yeah. Although we've already discovered <laughs> your possums are on. much cuter than ours. They are much cuter that's than the true. ones here. She had gloves on. She had How oven adventurous. Mitts. This Monica would never mm. do that. If you mm, asked me to not, do that, I would never do it. Not to save mankind. No. Yeah. Andrea wrote to me, I had a 45-pound sister removed while I was 16 weeks pregnant. Every doctor just told me to lose weight. <gasps> Turns out my belly was a gigantic cyst that no one caught until I got pregnant with my son. My son saved my life. Oh, We like those kind of That's stories. That's pretty cool. I feel compelled to add this, and this will anger mm -hmm. you, Monica. Oh, but great. I also think people have a little bit of an unrealistic expectation that doctors are clairvoyant. Like, it's a long mm -hmm. process of trying things, that's eliminating what I just things. said at the beginning of this. I know, but people, for people to be so frustrated with it, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, because you were 45 pounds heavier than, than would yeah, normally be. But she could have died. So, of course, you're going to get frustrated when you're like, you guys are the professionals and you don't have the answers and you're giving me the wrong answers that are leading me to. I guess what I'm outcome. pointing out is that a lot of people seem to have the expectation that the doctor is going to be able to give them the right answer mm -hmm. on some kind of timeline. And I'm only pointing out that sometimes it takes a while for them to discover the tumor. Yeah. Sometimes they're not doing their due diligence. Have you had a bad experience? And yeah. you might not be able to. So you've had a personal She's thing. She's like, this went wrong. Yes. You can't get rid of it. That's your personal experience. And you have to acknowledge that. Well, and I think because I do have so much trust in the medical system, like a lot of reverence for it. So. You feel disappointed. I when feel they... betrayed by yeah. what happened. Mm. I really do. Yeah. I, mm. I mean, everyone already knows the story. But yeah, I had a seizure. Then. She pissed the bed. Yeah, the yeah, big I one. Peed the in the bed. Yeah. We all know about the baby. peeing. The yeah. But that's the yeah, it's horrible. Have you had others since, or has that been like the one big bad? We're like GPs. I do not trust you. No, that was it. Mm. It's a big one. And, though. and let me. Yeah. Can I counter that story? Sure. Okay, so originally my feet were fucked up, right? So I started seeing a podiatrist. I got the shoe implants. Ultimately, I had surgery on a toe. Then all of a sudden, my knees were really fucked up. Saw an orthopedist and he's like, yeah, all this inflammation, but I don't think surgery is right, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Live with it. Now, this is a seven-year-long thing. I'm telling my dermatologist this. And he says, let me look at your fingernails. He looks at my fingernails and he goes, I think you have psoriatic arthritis. Right. This is my dermatologist. He goes, you should go see a rheumatologist. I go see a rheumatologist. He looks at my fingernails. He goes, I'm going to tell you right now you have it, but we'll take tests and we'll confirm that. I'm going to give you this right now. and Tell me if you feel better. He gives me a shot of Humira. Two days later, I'm like running up the steps in my backyard, which normally is painful. And I've just accepted that it's painful. Zero pain. I was like, oh my God, I thought this was like a life condition. So I had seven years of not having the diagnosis I needed, but I at no point was disappointed in any of the doctors. It's tricky to figure out what's wrong with somebody. And sometimes it takes seven years. It's a journey. Yeah. 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 How, what do you think about that story? I mean, 
I like the dermatologist that yeah. did his due diligence, but I wish the foot doctor had just taken like a little bit longer of a scan. Mm. Yeah. Is there any wellness stuff that you guys are into? Because I feel like you're oh. both, you, you're LA people. We I'm are. I'm not an LA person. I feel like an alien wandering around. Yeah. Is there anything that you subscribe to in this world of wellness that you want to yeah. put on the table? One thing about this topic in addition to really angering people when you disagree with them is there is no other topic that people love talking about as much. So mm -hmm. when someone does a diet, it's all they talk about. You're so consumed with it because it takes so much mental focus to not break the diet. That's all you're thinking about. So it's all you fucking mm -hmm. talk about. So it's exhausting to everyone around everyone. So I can understand that being pissed off about the whole thing it takes up so much goddamn well, space. Well, people are religious about it. They, so it's it is like a they will preach it at you because it's so much a part of your life. You're on a juice cleanse. You want to tell everyone about that juice yes. cleanse. And it has all the tropes of religion. Yeah. And Clean, you're trying to dirty. justify it to yourself as well, I think. Yeah. Like you're doing this miserable thing. You're hungry. Like you're <laughs> sick of all this juice. <laughs> yes. So like to justify it to yourself, you've got to believe it. And that means talking about it with everyone. And then proselytizing. A hundred percent. I've never done a full-blown juice cleanse i mean i've gotten into mm. the like green juice mm -hmm. but i don't like the taste so i am just doing it because i'm like this is healthy this is good for me without any scientific no and that, that's that another is. big thing i think a lot of people as well like being guilt-free for getting really drunk on a weekend or something by being super healthy the rest of the week. Yes. And I also think people use a lot of like healthy living as an excuse to get really messed up at another time to I, balance it out. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you good. more. I couldn't agree with you more. I've met so many people fucking killing darts, smoking, mm -hmm. and telling me about their lifestyle that is like clean. Yeah. And I'm like, I think you just feel guilty about smoking. And the yeah. guilt about the smoking's driven mm -hmm. you to all this other crazy stuff. But let me just own all my shit. It mm. probably started at 20 was the first time I did a fat-free diet for a year. I also immediately got body dysmorphia. I had no idea how skinny I had gotten until I went home to Michigan and people were like, what's happened to you in California? Yeah, like, holy shit. Yes. Then I did Atkins when I was probably 25 with Brie. Then I was vegan for a year in 2012 after watching Forks Over Knives. Mm -hmm. And yes, I started feeling all those religious pullings, all that mm -hmm. hard wiring we have that make it just snap right in perfectly. I've gone many times very low carb, high protein to get in shape mm -hmm. for movies. I've been on a, a Pancha Karma diet to limit inflammation. Right. Unfortunately, I do believe of all this stuff, I have no claim of what's best, but I 100% believe most of the ailments people have, especially autoimmune ailments, are derived from being allergic to stuff we eat. And I just say, we have never in the history of Homo sapiens sapien had access to this many types of foods at all times. It's mad. And yes. so much processed stuff as well. I think a significant percentage of the population has food allergies they don't know about. And it may show up as rosacea. It may show up as arthritis. It may show up as Crohn's. It may show up as all these things. So I guess I'm religious in that way. I do believe that. Yeah, no, and I think that's very fair. It reminds me of another story that someone sent to me. Their daughter was having terrible eczema on their face. He wrote, we couldn't figure out a solution via regular health professionals or a strategy of eliminating foods. So finally, we tried this well-regarded homeopath on the recommendation of our midwife. We saw her, she had a chat with us, decides that the correct strategy is to try and eliminate some foods and see if we make any progress. Sensible enough, so we thought we'd go through with it. Her method was this, write the name of the food on a post-it note, stick the post-it note on the patient, measure the skin response no. of the patient with some sort of weird device. 
No. Okay. Said I still have flashbacks. It's the closest I'll ever get to starring in a comedy sketch. Oh, I thought maybe the end was going to be that it worked. Her skin's beautiful. Yeah. No, it didn't work at all. Okay. No. I'm glad to hear but that. But that I just reminded me of like that's how you don't eliminate a food allergy. Is no. by writing the, oh. writing the, food the allergen on a post-it note. Post note. But also when you – there's something wrong – with your body and you know it, you are desperate to get that to fix that fixed. thing. So you sometimes will do things that you feel like are crazy. Because what if? That was me. My philosophy is kind of like, it doesn't cost me anything to try these things. Like I'm not one to go in for pancha karma, but fuck it. I'm on a medicine I know very little about. I'm trying that. Yeah, the worst thing is to sit around trying nothing and to feel you're well, doing nothing, right? So hatch, why not try a thing? Hatching pills. That's that the say, worst thing. That sounds borderline urban legend. It does sound <laughs> little tapeworms in a pill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing that is genuinely unhelpful, and I think we should write off, is the colonic. Have either of you had a colonic mm -hmm. in I your lives? Mm -hmm. Dr. Brad McKay got very angry at colonics. This is really based on this theory that our bodies are full of toxins and we've got to get rid of all the toxins. If you wait, you will poo out what's in your colon. Just by having a colonic irrigation hurries up the process, but it won't actually make you feel any better. One of my close friends, she was telling me she was very gleeful because she was going for a colonic irrigation and she knew that I would hate it. So she went along, said that there was a lady in a white coat, so it must be official, and that they got her to strip off, lie on her side, put a hose up her backside. When they were draining out all the fluid, they have a transparent hose that comes out and then all of your fecal material goes past your eyes. And so this is part of theatre. It's like magic, going and seeing a magic trick from your butt. What they were telling her was that all of this grey material that's coming out of your intestines, this is all old poo that's been there for decades. And if it wasn't for this colonic irrigation, you would be full of old poo. And this is just not true. Your intestines are just one long pipe. It pumps everything. You've got muscles that concertina everything and push everything down the tube. You're not going to be having lots of little holes everywhere where your poo just sort of hangs out for a few decades until it decides to come out. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad he said that. Me too. Yeah, a common vegetarian thing slash vegan thing is to say that the average male has like two to three pounds of red meats trapped in their intestines. I've heard that many times from people. That is not how the body works. Yeah, oh, it's a big I, thing. I totally relate to him because Brie one time did the master cleanse, which is insane. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, the mucoid plaque comes out. It's like a black inner tube comes out of your butt. That's like right. the finish line, right? And, and I was always telling her, "Hun, your body is designed to do everything. At no point in our evolution did we have to extract the mucoid plaque from our Ew. intestinal wall. And many scientists later have criticized the cleanse as saying, well, the diet itself creates the mucoid yeah, plaque. Yeah, of course. Like, it's what it's, makes the inside of your intestine molt, basically. So it's like, yeah, you get that, but you're you gave it to it. yourself yeah. as well. Yeah, the whole the whole yeah. detoxing God. thing, like, unless you're detoxing drugs or alcohol out of your body, detoxing is the biggest load of rubbish because your whole body, it detoxes. Your liver's detoxing, your skin's yeah. detoxing. It's what we do. It's yes. like exactly. what the body does. Yep. So detoxing I would put in with that whole colonic irrigation well, factor. But people the, love detoxing in LA. Oh yeah. And here's where you and I will see eye to eye. It is so transparent. It is this 
original sin. We are so apt to take on the notion of this original sin that we are dirty and we need to absolve ourselves and we, our body's full of toxins. We're just so apt to believe that. Absolutely. That we're bad and we're full of toxins and we've got to expunge them. Yeah. Well, I do believe in some of the things, like some of the Eastern medicine stuff. I do believe that they know things the Western medicine folks don't know because they've just been doing it for so long. Like, I, thousands I, of years accumulated knowledge. Exactly. In there. That's my take on the Ayurvedic process. It's like sometimes when they were telling me stuff there during the cleanse, I was like, I don't think they have the mechanics right of why it works, mm -hmm. but I do think they know what works. They've been keeping records for yeah. a thousand years. So I do think they know shit yeah. that they might not be able to explain on a molecular level that do yield results. A hundred percent. Oregano 100%. oil is not Ayurvedic, mm -hmm. but I believe that that helps for colds. colds. Yeah. And probiotics I'm in and out of. I go through phases where I'll try them and I kind of think they're working for a bit. And then I'm like, it's not, but then well, I'll so try then it, it again. It's so much of it as well is in your mind. And if it's helping you mentally, then that can be kind of Fine. great. I mean, I think that's the thing with wellness in general, right? I feel like there's stuff that's like bad. There's bad things you can do with a human body. Like you shouldn't swallow tapeworms to deal yeah. with um, weight loss, for example. Yeah. I would argue there's not a lot of good in this field, but there's like a lot of neutral stuff. So there's a lot of things that... They're not doing you any good or bad, but if your mind is happy with what is being done to you and some energy healing and some crystals and that makes you feel better about yourself, then I don't see a huge problem with right. that, except someone's probably going to be making a lot of money out of you. True. But if you're happy with that, then all power to you. I do like crystals. At two vortexes, yeah. Ojai and Sedona, I got crystals in both of those places mm -hmm. and I, I believe that they were... That's great. And if that helps you, that's great. I don't in theory believe that they work, but when I look at them up there and I think like, oh, that's going to bring me this, I almost think it's kind of like the secret. Like the more I'm thinking about that thing, I'm actually going to manifest that so, to myself. It's not the crystal. If there's one thing I fall for, it would be that stupid secret scenario. Yes. I'm convinced that if I visualize something enough and think about it enough, that will become my destiny. It's happened to me. Where I land on all this stuff mm -hmm. is ultimately do stuff. If it works for you, great. My then roadblock is don't claim you understand it. Like don't right. try to explain why it works because that's where I think you're prone to wade into illogic misinformation. and misinformation. And, you know, some things work and we don't know why yet. And that's fine. You can leave it at that. Like I don't fucking know why I have these crystals and I like it and I feel good. I'm not making yeah. a claim that they have a, a molecular power. Exactly. I'm not claiming anything. I'm just telling you I enjoy this. The danger of it from Brad's perspective is that the problem is if you're into a certain thing and you believe that's working for you, you might miss the medical thing that's yeah. actually going to help you. This was his big argument for that. The main harmful part is when people are investing their time in, in kooky cures that don't do anything, and then they're avoiding medical care or they're delaying medical care. So the big things that I see are people who may have cancer, who are going and investing their time in something like Gerson therapy. So they're juicing uh, lots of veggies and fruit. 
and they're having basically fruit smoothies on the hour, every hour while they're awake. And then they're getting coffee or castor oil enemas and having a few enemas every day just to sort of clear out their toxins. So if you're investing all of your time juicing and going to the toilet, um, then you're not really investing your time in seeing an oncologist. This is where we find cancers really late. Patients are coming in and they've got metastatic disease. If we had acted six months earlier, for example, then we could actually be ahead of the game and, and save people's lives. It's that delay that really sort of bugs me as a physician. So that's the big bad, yeah. I would say, with yeah. going down some of these paths is like ignoring the medical science instead of that stuff. And let's coin it the Steve Jobs approach. I mean, here you've got one of the smartest mm. men in the entire world. Really smart. So he had pancreatic cancer and he chose for at least a while to try to treat it with food. Holistically. Yeah. Oh, and of course, it just took him out. And, it backfires. Yeah. Like there's some stuff that just won't work. And yeah. it's frustrating because like medical science can be really, really good. Yeah. And it's so annoying to like tap out of that when you have it available to you. Almost every one of these debates circles back to binary thinking. It's ridiculous to say I'm Eastern medicine or I'm Western medicine. It's like, do all of it. Yeah. I don't care if someone changes their diet while they're getting chemotherapy or while they're getting radiation or while they're getting any number of things that are on the menu. Yeah. I always think of acupuncture because that's something that I think a lot of people would group into woo. There's been studies done with acupuncture and it does help people. We don't know exactly why that is, but that is something that there is scientific research backing up that this stuff does help. Yeah. I got put off acupuncture. Have you watched Final Destination with the acupuncture scene? I haven't seen that, but I've, I'm considering going back to acupuncture. So I, do I want to hear this? Yeah. I mean, the setup of the thing is they're getting acupuncture on a bench and they've got all the needles in. And then for a variety of reasons, they fall off the table no! and, oh, yeah. no. and flip and it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. So think of that when you're lying on I that little go table. Back. <laughs> Just okay. grip onto that table, whatever you do. What, what I, I love have, about what if I had a seizure? You won't. Have, have someone go in with you and just make sure that you're not. <laughs> and they just start picking them out really quick. Yeah. Oh, oh, she's starting to seize. <laughs> Re remove the Get last three. Get them out. What I like is the slow drizzle in this show of learning what David watches. That's probably like the D storyline of Armchair and Dangerous <laughs> that I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big, a yeah. big horror guy. A weird motherfucker. Uh, cupping is something. Oh, cupping. Have cupping. you done that? I haven't done it, but I've, I've, I'm aware of it. Okay, before we hear from Dr. Brad McKay, what do you think of cupping? Any opinions? Because I had nothing on this in my brain. It was an empty void. I hate the way it looks. Well, it leaves big, big bruises. Is yeah, that they're like big bloody splotches yeah. all over you. And I'm like, is that worth it? Well, I guess what I've been told is like they light a little fire inside the cup. Uh, then they blow up the thing. They put it on your back. As that cools, it creates suction and it sucks toxins out of your muscle. <sighs> it's toxins and, again. Yeah. <laughs> this is Brad. Cupping became a little bit more famous at the Olympics more recently. The American Olympic team that was getting out of the water being covered in round bruises drove me crazy. As a family doctor, I sort of see all of the bad cupping episodes that go on. So I see people who have had like terrible burns on their back. Sometimes there's too much pressure put on the cups. And so it actually tears people's skin, basically putting like either glass or plastic cups on your back with a theory that it's bringing out toxins or help you relax to a certain degree. But it's certainly not bringing out toxins, it's just giving you giant hickeys on your back, which, um, yeah, isn't very therapeutic at the best of times. 
But surely the American swimming team, they must be a reason they're doing it. Well, yeah, well, this is what brought it to the forefront. Everyone started thinking, oh, cupping must be amazing. This must be the Americans' secret weapon. But yeah, no, like cupping does nothing. It's just bruising your back for no particular purpose. Certainly doesn't bring out any toxins. It just creates little bleeds underneath your skin. It can also create hematomas, which are just like big, massive blood blisters. I've seen some of them even get infected and people need to have them surgically removed or even on antibiotics for a while. But yeah, if you've got an Olympic athlete, they're trying to do everything possible. And sometimes it is a bit of a brain game. If they are having cupping, they may feel that they're doing something better for their body. And so it puts them in more of a positive mindset. But that's all that it's possibly going to do. Okay. Cupping's a no-go. I have to ask the good doctor how many gold medals Australia brought home that year. I just, I, it's, I got to point out the obvious. But like, hey, who, who walked away not, with all the gold medals? But if it helps, if it mentally helps him and that team's been told this will help he, you. Can I say one thing though? And I love this doctor, Dr. Brad McKay. Here's my objection to him. Okay. He okay. is very definitive. And that's actually my objection with everyone in this field. Like someone's saying definitively wheatgrass can do this and definitively blank. Well, for some people, sure. There's such a variation genetically among all of us 7 billion people. Not one fucking thing's going to work. Vitamin C is not going to do the same thing in everyone's body. Like, that's just a fact. So I do think there's arrogance abounds. I don't think we know a ton about humans and making them work perfectly. I think we're, we're on the road to do that, and it's getting exciting, and we know about RNA manipulation, all this stuff. It's all happening, but we are not there yet. He cannot say yet. There is no benefit to cupping. Now, I don't believe in it, but also it could shock your body. The thing they think it's doing is not doing it. Like, yeah, it's not removing toxins. He's probably right about that. But perhaps activating the wound response thing does some other thing. I don't know. We don't know. There's definitely an arrogance to doctors that has always annoyed me. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a story once about a New Zealand GP who thought he had purchased this incredible AI system. And he was sending all his patient data through to this AI. It was all over email. So he'd email all the patient data out. Email would come back with some like spelling mistakes. Sometimes the AI would send it back in like a minute. Other times it take a couple of days. <laughs> anyway, I called him up and I said, look, I'm writing a story about this. I'm pretty confident you're dealing with a, a con man called Albie Whale. Oh. And he's like, absolutely not. This is the best of the best AI that we have ever used. Oh my God. Uh, another medical professional was also using it, was sending patient scans through to Albie to like analyze and see what was in the scans. Also told me like really blatantly, I'm just chasing a, a story for the clicks and all the rest of it. It was definitely just emailing a man oh, <laughs> who, wow. who was um, emailing stuff back. But it always reminds me of there is this attitude with certain doctors where they think if they're an expert in that field, they're an expert apparently in everything, including cupping, cupping and computer mechanics AI. and AI. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I'm starting to come out on this side of it just in general. And I think as a product of interviewing now 150 experts mm -hmm. it's a lot i was on adam grant's podcast and i said i hate to say this but my conclusion is starting to become everything's a percentage no one is a hundred percent right not one person not danny kahneman not any nobody is a hundred percent right you're working in percentages at best. Mm -hmm. I just think that's the case. And I think if you're super aware of that going into whatever health treatment or wellness you're getting and you don't just believe in 110%, it's probably a good attitude to have. I wish people had a slightly more cynical approach to everything. 
I get in there and I'm like, this is a human that chose a different major mm-hmm. than me. And they're, they're not a God, you know, mm-hmm. they, they are smart. I'm, a, I'm grateful for them. And they're a human. Mm-hmm. People don't maybe know the history, but up until Rockefeller unified the curriculum that doctors received up to the 1915, 1920, people mm-hmm. were graduating from college with medical degrees that bore no relationship to anything on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred years old. I mean, no one wants to really acknowledge that either. There's another thing in this space that is important to acknowledge, I think, and that there is a large proportion of health and wellness practitioners that do tend to have much more open minds and do get sucked down into that whole conspiracy spiral. There's a lot of wellness groups and like yoga groups that were documented. The LA Times did a piece recently about some of these yoga teachers, and they were the first ones to sort of come up against Black Lives Matter and be like, oh no, all lives matter, and be suspicious about covid there's this whole sort of thing in the wellness field that if you're open-minded, and it's like with new age beliefs, it's like not a new thing, but if you're sort of in that space of being so open-minded about this stuff, you are more open to going mm. down the whole conspiracy QAnon bandwagon. Well, this is the, an- That's the anti-vaxxers big- are yeah. often very like wellnessy and whole food shoppers. Like they've done a correlation between those two types of people it's fascinating yeah and that's a really interesting thing to me yeah the the hottest spots of anti-vaccine perfectly correlate with wherever a whole foods is built in a ring that goes out and it dissipates as you get further away from the whole foods that's crazy it's a mad mad fact i mean you look at something (laughs) like that Brad talked about this as well in Australia. Like he keeps seeing people in his practice who are talking about their skepticism around COVID. It comes back to like wonky thinking. I saw a patient recently who told me that COVID was just a hoax, that we didn't need to worry about it. He wasn't going to be worried about having a vaccination. He was still fine to get his flu vaccination, but yet COVID was another issue. And I just sort of like asked What do you think is happening in India at the moment? What do you think is happening in Brazil? We can see on the news that the hospitals are filling up. And he seemed to think that this was all a show, was all being made up, that people were just getting pieces of the media, sewing it together and making up the news. And from my perspective, I was thinking, well, that's a very elaborate conspiracy. So many people must be in on the joke just to sort of try to fool him about it. I really asked, where do you get your information from? And he said, oh, I watched a a YouTube video. People will often say this. They get their information and they just take it for granted from just watching a random YouTube video. So I said, oh, who was in it? (laughs) What are their credentials? Are they a doctor? Are they a scientist? Are they a politician? And he said, oh, no, it was an American minister. And so (laughs) querying his resources, seeing where the information was coming from, he was able to sort of think, oh, well, maybe this isn't the truth. Maybe this is an actual correct information. And then the following week, he came back and apologized and gave me a bottle of wine. And that's one of the things that sort of drives me a little bit crazy. When doctors, when highly intelligent academics are just sort of like laughing at people who are believing in chakras or crystals or some other sort of like weird kooky alternative medicine. I'm sure LA is full of these modalities around the place, but it's not often that we should be laughing at the people that are going along and having these weird and wacky health treatments. We should be really focusing on the people who are selling them, the people that are the charlatans. Often they will know what they're doing. They may be very deluded with what they're doing as well, but we need to be calling them out. 
again, back to the religious aspect of this mm. and back to the Whole Foods. So there's good and evil in the religious world. And I think in the, in the wellness world, there's natural and unnatural, organic Process. and inorganic. And that is really good and evil, which is what drives people to not get a vaccine because vaccines don't grow on trees. They're, no, not, they're, on they're land. not natural. Yeah, they're, and it is a frustrating thing. Arsenic is a natural thing. Anthrax is a natural thing. There's a yeah, bazillion mushroom. natural things that are poisonous. And there are a bazillion manufactured items that are life-saving and wonderful. This binary, everything natural is good and everything organic is good, it's so incomplete. Yeah, it's not a healthy way to think at no. all. And I think it can send you down some pretty terrible paths. Yeah, or even like people that were anti-vaxxers are like, you know, there's formaldehyde in it. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Until you learn your body actually creates more formaldehyde in an hour than you would ever receive in a vaccine. Like, well, now that we know that, well, I guess formaldehyde is, I'm not saying it correctly, but it's natural. So now it's good. Now let's have a ton of formaldehyde. What, you know, formaldehyde? Formaldehyde. Formaldehyde. It sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. Oh, I think you're nailing it. <laughs> Don't let yourself God down. You. I think God you've absolutely you, got it. God David. It's the final space that I sort of find interesting as well and is kind of the wellness sort of yogury space. And like a lot of people that dive into wellness have money. They tend to be white. They dive into these things that are kind of lifted from like a lot of Eastern traditions. Mm -hmm. And you see this a lot. I occasionally sort of get on TikTok and you sort of see some of these retreats and these things. Yeah. And it's clearly just a bunch of really wealthy white people sort of picking from a bit of this and a bit of that yeah. um, and kind of taking it on as themselves. That's a big element to wellness that people have access to it. They are spending a lot of money. It's expensive. And that whole system is incredibly problematic. I heard Padma Lakshmi talk about this once with yoga, where she's like, I see these classes and it's such a distortion from where yoga originated and what it is really. And it really is this mind body thing. <laughs> and it gets You're just being lifted and simplified and sold for extraordinary amounts of money exactly. on an app or on a class. So, and, I, and I think during COVID, when everyone went into lockdown and was sort of logging into online classes, People were making a lot of money. And I think with all this stuff, whether it's medicine or fake medicine or wellness, it's like looking at who you're paying for things. I become very cynical even about some of the mindfulness apps because it's pushed mm. to us as being like the solution for everything. There's been a number of studies done where mindfulness cannot be a good thing for certain members of the population and, and sort of random unguided meditation on an app that isn't with someone in front of you can take some people to a really dark place. And that's a huge industry. I think that it's heading towards sort of like the $6 billion annually that people are spending on that now, just on apps. They've all got deals now with corporations. Like I think Calm's another app. It's in a whole lot of corporate worlds and being sold to people. There's a lot of money being made from all of this stuff, whether it's yoga or mindfulness, pills. And you just got to look where the money's going and like who's going to benefit from this is it you and what you're getting out of it or is it someone who's getting really really rich yeah there is an intrinsic classist nature to it and i think this is what has triggered people about gwyneth paltrow or goop or these things mm. which is there is a hierarchy of concern if you have children you want them fed you want them clothed you want them healthy you want to make your house payment you know you're going down the list many people that don't have abundant means are dealing with the 
top three things all day long, all their bandwidth is dedicated to yeah, that's it. the very simple elements of staying alive. Clearly, these kind of thoughts of perfected optimal wellness is a luxury of not really having to spend a ton of time worrying about your mortgage. And I know I'm guilty of it. I sometimes will say to Kristen, I'll have these debates about the environment. And of course, I desperately want everyone to get on the environmental page. I also recognize it's a lower priority for someone who is literally trying to get diapers for a kid that's got wet diapers. So you can only ask people to make room for these other fifth and sixth rung concerns. And you got to understand that. Yeah, it's a certain sort of person that's being marketed to and will embrace that stuff as well. That's and the person that who something. irritates me is like the person that's like they have the time, they have the means and they're exploring health and they might be really healthy. And then they're judgmental of the people they're seeing at the amusement park. Like that's the part for yeah. me where it just feels very fucking classist and shitty. Yeah, I mean, I love Leonardo DiCaprio and sort of hearing him narrate a film, which I really like the film, about needing to reverse global warming. You're like, oh, you're Leo. Like, you've got all the time in the world to do this stuff. Like, not everyone has that. Or you can you know? buy the electric car and you, you can actually let your dollar speak because you have a good amount of but the dollars. But it is also good for those people who can to do that. So Absolutely. It, I still think it's worth You don't want them to saying. shut down trying. It's clearly yeah. the goal we should all have. And clearly also people are juggling more than others and have more space for these things. 100%. Yeah. If it's one thing we can all agree on, it's don't swallow pills with little tapeworms. I can agree on that. In them. Well, yeah. hold on. Well, is it, oh is it, my is God. It, the contrarian. Is it nature's gastric bypass? And it's natural. Tapeworms are natural. Gastric bypass is mm -hmm. inorganic. It, it, <laughs> I so, don't. I, that is such a horrible idea. I can't even imagine. Can I just say the mm. idea of tapeworms living in my body? I can deal with that. You can deal they with it. They could them. be in there now and I don't know. It's the hearing the, and they could be urban legends, when they exit your butt and that you actually have to grab them and wrestle with them because they're trying to crawl back up into your yeah. intestines. It's that story that really turned yeah, me off I, to tapeworms. I had a friend that was convinced that you caught the tapeworms and got them out by like putting like a little bit of cheeseburger or something oh, outside your, your butt. Oh. <laughs> a little, like a mouse sort of come out and you just sort of grab and. Oh my God. What if you were sleeping with a mousetrap on your butt cheeks, hoping the tapeworm wanted some of that tasty cheese? You might end up catching Monica instead. I'm a little mouse. Yeah, a little mouse scavenging around for cheese and crackers. Oh my God. Wellness. 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 Yeah. We could have done three or four parts on this because there's so many. Like every time we, oh. we're talking about it, I keep coming up with like infrared. Like there's so no, much. No, it's a lot. You know, looking into this, it became apparent how big it was. So mm. uh, it's so giant and so huge. I mean, you could just do an episode on the yoga community. Yeah. And how they're lifting a lot of different ideas and sort of porting it over. And how that whole yoga community is more likely to dive straight into QAnon beliefs. Yeah. You know, that's a whole episode. I will say... The way I live is triggering to other people. My stepdad, rest mm. in peace, we were one time talking about the amount of pesticides on apples. We had seen a 60 Minutes thing mm -hmm. on it. It was on our mind. And I understood how he felt. He was like, oh, Jesus, now you guys can't even eat apples. It was like, look ah. at these fucking idiots. Like, now it's this. And what I saw in that moment was he wasn't in great shape. He didn't really worry about what he ate. And he was heavier. He had conditions that resulted from not having a great diet. So he felt judged. 
he felt like because we are worried about pesticides, we must be looking at him like, what's this fucking guy doing? And so because he felt judged, he was pissed at us. Now, I also say to those people, like, I'm not thinking about anyone's shit but my own. So if I'm fucking eating something, that should not anger you. If Gwyneth Paltrow wants to eat organic lettuce, that has nothing to do with you. She yeah. is not saying you're lazy or that you don't care about your health. She's just doing something she likes. So I'll also throw that out there. A hundred percent. And I also think it is something that everyone has an incredibly strong opinion on. I think wellness is almost like a worse topic than politics to get people really riled up. Yeah. Because it's so personal and everyone's had a thing and everyone's got their belief. I mean, it's part of the problem. Everyone's got a personal story of something that worked for them. It's so anecdotal. Yeah. yeah, And that's not science. And that's the problem. It's like if it works for you, it's not necessarily going to work for everyone. But I'm glad it worked for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it goes back to what you said in the intro which is the stakes appear to be death. Yeah, it's what we're all fighting against. <laughs> yeah, so it's like what we're all desperately people, trying not to think about. Of course, people get vehement and passioned and all a fervor because it's death. Yeah. It's cancer. It's heart disease. It's all these things. Knee replacement. All those things. Yeah. I saw a friend in London, just reminded me, saw a big billboard the other day, and it said, might not be COVID-19, maybe it's lung cancer. Oh, wow. Oh, oh wow, that's got to be helpful. What a bleak message. Oh, so, no, God. it was that cough. That cough might not be COVID. Oh, get checked for lung cancer. Oh. Oh, boy. Okay. Such a downer of a message. For the folks that are just writing off COVID. They're like, oh, yeah, I got a cough. It's COVID. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to see a doctor. No, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, people have gone and got that COVID <laughs> test, relieved that it's not COVID. They see that billboard. Oh, God, I probably got lung cancer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what a downer. Well, <sighs> well, wellness. What are we going to well, do? Well, wellness. <laughs> Should we go grill up a steak? And some tapeworms? Yeah. I think the key is everything in moderation. Isn't that right? Everything. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. I don't have the moderation gear, so I don't know what to tell people about that. Yeah. 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 Moderation does not work for me. I liked all the stuff we were sold as kids, like the food pyramid. The fact uh-huh. that was sort of like the wrong way Completely up. Completely wrong. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> this stuff. Like oh. all these cereal companies selling healthy cereals when you're a kid. Terrible. Yeah. 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 The real price we pay for all this divergent thinking on this topic is that there's zero consensus, even about the stuff that's like, there's consensus. It's like sugar. We never, ever in 150,000 years had access to a fruit that contained as much sugar as something else that we would eat normally. Mm-hmm. A fucking cracker at this point has as much sugar. So because there's all these splintering opinions, we can't even agree on something like, this thing is, it's rough. Yeah. It's not a great thing for us to eat a bunch of. No, and the dialogue's getting more and more insane as well. Like people aren't agreeing. They're butting heads more and more and there's no actual real discussion happening out there. And that's a problem. Yeah, I don't even know what they teach kids now. I don't either. What are you going to teach them? No, I don't know. Just fucking... Smoke pot, just eat Doritos, mm. fucking ride it out. Cool. <laughs> For as long as, as a you medical professional, can. that's my advice to all the listeners: is smoke dope and eat Doritos. Oh my God. We'll see you. We'll see you at the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, David. Love you, Monica. Love you. Thanks for this. 